Dazahao and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Just last week, we had an absolute first for the A Thousand Lives broadcast. I was privileged to be joined by not one, but two missionaries with the Vision for China team, Cannon and Ty, who you've both met here on the broadcast before, and announce with them the upcoming Underground Jiaohui Conference. Coming up in just a matter of weeks, this year's Underground Jiaohui Conference is sure to be an exciting time with preaching on missions, teaching on China, downtime with missionaries, and various times set aside particularly for praying for China and asking the Lord to reopen its borders. The two-day conference is going to be held starting Friday, October 22nd, and we hope to see you there. Please be sure to register online at visionforchina.org slash underground. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D to secure your spot and enter yourself to win a $500 missions trip voucher. That's right, you will be entered to win a $500 missions trip voucher for registering and attending. Again, Head on over to visionforchina.org underground for details and registration, and maybe even go back and check out last week's podcast to hear from Canon and Ty about why it's so important for us to be hosting a China conference like this, especially in 2021. As always, never miss an episode of the A Thousand Lies broadcast by going ahead and subscribing or following on your podcasting platform of choice. We're on Apple, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Overcast, and so much more. Head on over to visionforchina.org slash podcast, that's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T for a complete directory of where you can listen in online. Subscribing to or following the broadcast with notifications turned on on your phone will set you up to get a reminder each Monday morning as new episodes drop. Of course, you can find Vision for China on Facebook, where giving us a like will keep you up to date with occasional posts about what the Vision for China team is up to, as well as what we're talking about here on the podcast. And of course, if you're more of the Instagram persuasion, you can find and follow Vision for China there as well. As always, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a comment and rating within the podcast app of your choice. The more interaction the podcast gets, both within these podcast apps and on social media, the more likely it is to be discovered by others. Taking this small step translates to a huge help towards us getting the word out that Jesus is worthy of being made much of in China. And again, if you're one of those overachievers and want to go that extra mile, go right ahead and share the broadcast on social media or maybe send a personal email to that person you know who desires to teach English in China or that person at church considering getting more involved in missions. We with Vision for China are asking the Lord to raise up more preachers to go to China proclaiming Jesus. And we want to get the word out that there are opportunities to serve the Lord in this awesome country. One thing we're finding out is that many who were previously working in China are locked out of the country due to coronavirus and related travel restrictions and are praying about how to get back in. 
even methods of staying quote-unquote connected to China like VIP Kid and other online educational platforms are shutting down as well due to new regulations there in country. If you know someone in one of those situations, go right ahead and point them to this broadcast. Sending someone a quick link to the podcast might just be the first time they've heard that there is actually a path to preaching and doing full-time ministry in China. They might not have ever heard of all the opportunities to make Jesus known through preaching and serving Him in the Middle Kingdom. So go ahead and share with them, and maybe even pass the word along about Underground Jiaohui as well. They'll probably thank you for it. For our episode this week, we've got a fascinating story from the life of Griffith John. For those unfamiliar, Griffith John came to be known as the Spurgeon of China due to his fluent and fiery preaching in the Chinese language. For our episode this week, however, we're going to take a step back and see what his childhood and teenage years were like. I think you'll be surprised to learn that he wasn't always such an eloquent speaker. So, what elements in Griffith John's childhood were used of the Lord to prepare him for a life of ministry in China? How was it that the young Griffith got saved, cut his teeth on ministry, and eventually became a preacher? Well, we'll answer all those questions and more right after the Chinese region of the week. Our region for this week is Xinjiang. Xinjiang is located in western China and is home to around 22 million people. This region is extremely diverse, both geographically and culturally, with a good number of China's ethnic minorities calling Xinjiang home. Many of the people in Xinjiang are Muslim and most have likely never heard the message of salvation by faith in Christ. The people of Xinjiang need the truth of the gospel. Xinjiang has the largest land area of any region in China. It has one-sixth of China's land area, and if it were its own country, it would be about the size of the country of Iran. Xinjiang is home to the Uyghur people. They make up about 46% of the population and are ethnically, linguistically, and culturally Turkic. They speak a Turkic-derived language called Wager, which in written form is much more closely related to Arabic than it is to Chinese. The majority of Wager people believe in Islam, and followers of Islam make up about 58% of the population of the Xinjiang Autonomous Region. The vast majority of the remainder of the people in this region would follow Chinese folk religions, Buddhism, or would be considered non-religious. Only a very small percentage of the people would claim to be Christian. Please pray, friends, for many laborers to take the gospel to the people living in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Please pray for Xinjiang. The people need to hear the message of salvation. So many in Xinjiang still do not know much, if anything, about the love shown them at the cross. Would you pray, my friends, that more laborers would be raised up to take the good news of Christ's death for them, to them? Xinjiang is yet another great place with plenty of opportunities to serve the Lord and preach the gospel. Friends, I again remind you that there really are endless opportunities to come to China and preach the message of salvation. There are so many in Xinjiang who know little to nothing of Jesus, much less that he gave his life for them. Brother, you might be listening in you might be praying about serving Christ overseas. You might be considering what he'd have you do with your life. 
So why not consider giving your life to boldly preaching Jesus in China? Why not devote your life to magnifying him among the people of this vast nation? Again, there are dozens of millions of people all throughout the various provinces and regions of China that have yet to hear the gospel, and you could be the one to tell them. You could be the one to bring the glad tidings. Would you pray for the people of Xinjiang? Would you pray for them to hear the gospel and be saved? Would you pray and ask the Lord to send them more laborers who will surrender their lives to give them the gospel? Brother, why not surrender your life to being that laborer and boldly proclaiming the gospel among them? How, after all, are they going to hear without a preacher? Kitobak slowly stood to his feet and glanced around the circle one final time. His aunt, sitting just to his left, gave him a confident smile and gently put her hand on his arm as though to reassure him. Kitobak, which is Welsh for little Gito, is what the young boy was so affectionately called by everyone at church in those days. The eight-year-old had only been saved a few months at this point, and his aunt had brought him along with his cousin to this prayer meeting for mothers here at Ebenezer Chapel. Typically, he and his cousin would simply sit and listen to the women pray, but on this day, one of the ladies had asked if Gito Bach would like to say a prayer for everyone. Standing and being reassured by his aunt, he glanced around to see the other ladies smiling and waiting for him to begin. Nervous, little Gito gulped, closed his eyes, and began to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your goodness and grace to us, he said hesitatingly. He paused, he thought, his pause continued on. No more words seemed to come. The pressure was great. Gito Bach couldn't seem to find the words to continue. There was just blankness. He couldn't utter another word. Growing more and more nervous, he squirmed. Then he began shuffling his feet. Then he glanced around to find many of the ladies sort of lifting their heads, peering at him out of one eye, trying to discern if he would go on. And that was it. That was all eight-year-old little Gito could take. He erupted in tears, sat down, and buried his face in his aunt's sleeve, embarrassed and ashamed. This was Griffith's first time to ever pray in public. And he later, as an adult, recounted the scene, describing it as a trying failure. He recalled feeling as though he might sink into the ground. The ladies gathered around him, thanked him for his one-sentence prayer, and assured him that he would do better next time. Though that day he was certain there would be no next time, it turned out that in a matter of weeks, another opportunity to pray publicly did present itself. 
And that go-round went much, much better. In the weeks and months that followed, Griffith often accompanied his aunt to those prayer meetings and would eventually recall those meetings as occasions for considerable progress in his knowledge of the Bible and growth in the Lord. Around that time, a man named William Reese began serving as a Sunday school teacher at his church, and Griffith happened to be one of Mr. Reese's students. Mr. Reese taught Griffith to think. He taught him the Bible. He taught him how to take notes during sermons. For a time, Griffith considered Mr. Reese a sort of hero. Beyond serving as Griffith's Sunday school teacher, Mr. Reese encouraged Griffith to commit large portions of scripture to memory. During the three years that Griffith was in his Sunday school class, Mr. Reese had him memorize large portions of the Psalms, Proverbs, and even Ecclesiastes, as well as the greater part of the entire New Testament. Griffith's pastor, the Reverend Thomas Davies, came into the habit of, instead of reading the text of his sermon before preaching, would instead ask Griffith to recite the text from memory. This was done nearly every Sunday evening at the church there in South Wales and served to exercise Griffith John's knowledge of the scriptures while simultaneously boosting his confidence speaking publicly in church, as these services were always sure to be crammed full of men, women, and children. And so, the Lord, in this way, set Griffith John on a path that was making him mighty in his knowledge of the scriptures. The next memorable scene from Griffith's childhood came when he was 14 years old. He found himself once again at a prayer meeting, this time at a private home, and was asked to preach before the prayer meeting began. Griffith did so, but he afterwards concluded that it was some sort of mistake. He felt himself too young and inexperienced for preaching and thought it best to give himself more years for study and reading of the scriptures before attempting again. But finally, Just two years later, when he was 16 years old, Griffith began preaching again. His first message at 16 being from Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the power of God unto salvation. And Griffith never stopped consistently preaching since. He began receiving invitations to supply pulpits, even at that young age of 16, and soon became known throughout all of South Wales as the Boy Preacher. And of course, eventually, he set out for China. But we'll save that story for a future podcast. Friend, if you've heard previous episodes here from the ministry of Griffith John in China, then you know how greatly he was used to impact modern-day Wuhan and much of the Yangtze River Basin with the gospel. As his nickname suggests, this Spurgeon of China was used mightily to both preach and print gospel tracts that influenced countless millions of Chinese for Christ. I don't know about you, but for me, I often hear stories from the lives of such great men who were used so impactfully in China and think they must be some sort of super preachers that were preaching flawless messages in the church nursery before teaching their own Sunday school classes when they were only six or seven years old. It sometimes seems like they must never have failed. They must never have slipped up. They must never have had a bad day or an embarrassing moment. 
But here we have the story of Griffith John and get to see how he could barely muster a prayer. And yet, the people of his church rallied around him and were used of the Lord to sharpen him into the preacher and the missionary that he was to become one day. Think on it, brother. His aunt and the other ladies at that prayer meeting were used to encourage him and give him a rudimentary knowledge of the Christian faith. Then along comes Mr. Reese, who faithfully taught him in a Sunday school class and pushed him to memorize large portions of Scripture. Next up was his pastor, the Reverend Thomas Davies, who saw an opportunity for Griffith to utilize the Scripture he committed to memory to be a blessing to their church each Sunday evening. All of this helped to slowly sharpen and shape Griffith into the preacher that he was to become. Friend, I challenge you to think on your church and the many opportunities that you might have to serve there. For starters, are you a member of a church? And then, are you involved and in serving in that church? Are you learning and growing? Are you seeking out opportunities to learn and grow and serve and minister? Friend, I assure you that if you are a part of a Bible-based, Bible-preaching church, there are no doubt many opportunities to get plugged in and involved. I would challenge you to learn. I would challenge you to serve. I would challenge you to get with your pastor and ask what you can do to serve and to help. Maybe he will let you serve as a greeter, maybe as a teacher or youth worker. He might give you opportunities to read scripture or even preach. Friend, if you are sensing the Lord's leading to get the gospel to China, then I challenge you to do all that you can now even if you're in high school or college, to serve and minister at your local church. Doing so will provide you with so many tools and let you hone your use of the scriptures as your weapon to be wielded one day on the mission field. Brother, is the Lord leading you towards China? Has he placed China on your heart? What are you doing then to prepare yourself to take the gospel to China? What steps are you taking today to aim your life at being a missionary to China? Maybe you're in high school, or maybe you're in college. Maybe you're at a place in life where you cannot immediately head out for the mission field. Maybe you see areas in your own life where you simply aren't ready. Maybe you feel inadequate in the area of Bible knowledge. Maybe you feel inadequate in ministry experience. Or maybe you feel ignorant of China and what it would take to get there, learn the language and culture, and do lasting ministry there. Whatever that might be, let me encourage you to consider the example of Griffith John. Get involved in church. Take every opportunity to learn more about the Bible. Take every opportunity to attend prayer meetings. Get with your pastor and seek out opportunities to serve, to teach, and to preach. Opportunities do, in fact, abound to preach Jesus and serve Him in China. And I beg you, friend, to consider China. I plead with you to pray and ask the Lord, beg the Lord what He would have you do for Him in China. Friend, if you are considering China, I plead with you to take these tangible steps today to begin readying yourself for what the Lord has for you. 
If you want to take your next steps towards China and learn how to either get on or continue on a path toward full-time ministry there, I urge you reach out to us with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. You can email us at info at visionmissions.com, that's I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S dot C-O-M, or email me personally at austin at reachingchina.org, that's A-U-S-T-I-N at R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. We'd love to talk to you about the next steps you can take towards preaching Jesus in China, whether that next step be Bible training, ministry training, or language and culture training. We'd love to guide you on your path to making Jesus famous in China. We'd love to point you to resources. We'd love to direct you to materials and counsel with you. You have an open invitation to reach out. Brother Griffith John was a young man who had a desire for the Scripture. Through the encouragement and example of Mr. Reese, Griffith learned to cherish and commit to memory the Word of God. He got to a place where he could bay large portions of Scripture. Bay, bay, bay is Chinese for memorize or recite. Brother, are you able to bay many verses of the Bible? Can you say that you have bay enough of the Scriptures to be able to effectively communicate the Gospel message to someone? The people of China need men who love and can bay the Scripture. Will you commit to learn and bay more Scripture to ready yourself for a life of missionary service? If not you, then who? Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Next week, we'll hear another story from the life of none other than James O. Fraser, missionary to Southwest China. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the A Thousand Lives broadcast so that you won't miss out on other exciting stories and interviews all centered on preaching Christ in China. While you're at it, please remember to register for Underground Jiaohui at visionforchina.org slash underground, V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D. Please remember to pray for more laborers for Xinjiang this week. The people there need more preachers who are willing to obey much of the scripture to prepare for a life of preaching it to them. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lines broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, 再见。